0: You need Indeed.
1: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We're going to be doing our GM episode today. Scott and I each teamed up with our guys. I teamed up with Logan. Scott teamed up with Ilya. To fix the Yankees, so that's what
1: we're going to be talking about. Wanted to spend a couple minutes at the top, though. Scott,
2: talking about. I, I uh, need a, I
1: need a little bit more hype than that, man. This is a big episode. This is this is my favorite episode of the season. Not that the the rest of them aren't fun, but this one is. Uh, you know, the way that we're able to put our our mastermind hat on and and just fix everything in the way that we d- see deemed fit is exciting, man. It's like you know, this is fantasy baseball, but with our team. This is this is like this is real life stuff. Uh, this is this is actually a job real. interview. Yeah, it's a job interview, you know, because you know that they they listen to the nonsense. Um, and and basically we're uh, we're telling them that they're dumb and this is how you do it. When did right? we start
2: doing this? Was it the I mean we haven't been doing it the entire time we've been doing the podcast, which has been since twenty fifteen, believe I, it. Or we've not.
1: done it at least three times.
2: Oh my god, more than that.
1: I was gonna say we started it in twenty eighteen. <laughs> okay. So four or five times something along those lines. But in the past, we've always done it. And this is like the disclaimer that that I've, we've thrown out a couple times now, just introducing uh, this episode as we're, as we're teasing it. But in the past, we've definitely looked at our GM plans through the lens of Brian Cashman, right? Through the lens of what we believe, not necessarily what we believe he will do, but what he, he should do within the, the, the precedent that has been set essentially. So, um,
2: it's kind of we've like we've always this.
1: gone within the guidelines of what we believe the Yankees are capable of, essentially. And this year, well, maybe that's true for what you won and, and both of ours, uh, because we've been brainwashed for however, however many years. But this year we kind of took the the guide, the ropes off a little bit and and said, do it the way that you believe needs to be done, whether that's within the the realistic scope of the New York Yankees, like not to get crazy unrealistic, but within the realistic scope of the Yankees, um, or you know, just if Brian Cashman is no longer there and you had free reign,
2: because this is this off required the most work to fix the team. in In previous years, there there's an argument to be made for all of the years since we've been doing it since 2018. A couple tweaks here or there, a player or two, and the team is championship caliber or puts the team over the top. That's not the case anymore. The, Logan and I were looking up and down and we're like. They're, half of the roster needs to be fixed. Like that's that's, how, and the only reason the other half doesn't need to be fixed <laughs> is because it can't be fixed. It's like not realistic to get rid of Giancarlo Stanton as much as we all probably want to not have to pay Giancarlo Stanton twenty two million dollars next year. It's not realistic to to get to offload. You, that you don't
1: know that until you listen to ours. You don't know that.
2: Okay. Well, I'm sure I'll shit on that because that isn't realistic. And so while. Uh, you're right. We're taking the approach of what would I do, not what we think Brian Cashman would do if we incepted his brain. Logan and I still tried to be grounded in reality with our yeah. with our stuff. As did we. Because, because it, literally, if I was the general manager of the Yankees, I'm not just going to be like call up a team and be like, "Hey, take John Carlos Stanton." Oh, you want to <laughs> take his money? Plus the fact that he can't play. Thank you very much.
1: As a precursor, I will say that we spent a lot of time, you know, we made some trades and with a lot of, we spent a lot of time stress testing those, those trades, looking at it from the other side, like making sure that there was viability on both sides. Sure. Uh, hearing you guys just, you know, uh, completely shit on it, uh, and, and how we could, uh, how we could, you know, justify what is being done. It, it was a, it was good exercises in the way that we went through everything because we tried to ground it as much in, in, uh, reality as possible, um, But yeah,
2: Well, do you want to get right into the plans or do you want to spend two minutes talking about the the Stanton agent stuff?
1: Yeah, just let's do two minutes at the top.
2: So there was an article in ESPN yesterday that Stanton's agent responded to Cashman's comments. Cashman's comments were last week. We obviously covered them, but he basically called out Stanton for for not being uh, durable. So Cashman uh, said he's going to wind up getting hurt again more likely than not because it seems to be a part of his game is what Brian Cashman said in the powwow at the uh, GM meetings uh, last week and we we did talk about that and that's not something that Cashman has said in the past even though like it's obviously been apparent and I'm sure he's been thinking it and his agent um John agent where where is his name in this I'm not seeing it Well, who's his agent Wolf that's his agent right Wolf yeah, yeah. um He said, I read the context of the entire interview. I think it's a good reminder for all free agents considering signing in New York, both foreign and domestic, foreign and domestic, that to play for that team, you've got to be made of Teflon, both mentally and physically, because you can never let your guard down even in the offseason. And it's very interesting that Wolf, who represents Stanton, also represents
0: Yamamoto. Yamamoto.
2: Who's the top Japanese free agent? Obviously, Yankees have been linked to him, and that's why he made sure to put in the foreign or domestic.
1: So the funny thing is, is that neither one of those guys are wrong. They're both extremely accurate, and uh, um, the the thing is, is that Brian Cashman, in you know his verbal diarrhea that happened last last week, is uh, is probably a little too pointed in the way that he said it. Uh, you know that that wouldn't warrant a response. So Stan's not the type of guy that's not going to respond to something. He's the type of guy that will sit on his hands and just deal with things and 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 you know <clears throat> be the good company man. But I think when something is directed at him uh, personally and and as direct as Brian Cashman uh, as pointed as Brian Cashman made his statements, he's gonna he's gonna fire back a little bit. We saw we saw that that little bit of fire in him. <clears throat> Actually, it wasn't a little bit. It was a lot of it of fire in him when he was leaving the Marlins. He was, he was very, uh, outspoken more, way more outspoken than he's been the entire time, uh, with the New York Yankees and, and way more, um, you know, uh, in, in a position of pushing back than then we've seen him uh, in New York at all. He's taken his lumps. He's been in, but last year, obviously, being as bad as he was. And Brian Cashman, the, the, the funniest part about it is that he said it's part of his game. Which yeah, is, exactly. Which, like, the wording of that is ridiculous. It's a, know? A,
2: as if it's like strikeouts are a part of his game. No, no, no. Injury, <laughs> yeah. Injuries are a part of his
1: game. Right. Strikeouts and injuries are and home runs are part of his game. That's a ridiculous statement. It's an absolutely ridiculous statement uh, about a player on your team. One that's that you have... You know, under contract for what five more years? So it's, um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he fired back. Uh, and if the Yankees are four more
2: years, believe it or not, I think it's only four four more. Okay.
1: The Yankees see, my expectations are five. So four, that's great. He's gonna leave sooner.
2: Hey, it's four years, it's gonna feel like 14. So, so don't worry about it.
1: Yeah. Um, but this, uh, this, this may, if they are indeed actually, you know, gonna be engaging with a Yamamoto, um, negotiation then uh might have just added a couple million onto the top of this one and and also a little bit more of sweet talk that needs to happen
2: do you think it's a consideration for free agents do you think players both who are getting traded to new york who might have to waive no trade clauses to get to new york because we've seen players not want to come to new york for one reason or the other or free agent signing do you think that's wolf 100 it's, it's
1: a it's a consideration Oh, his comments or like the fact that those comments were true, No, no not
2: but, his comments specifically, but that the, what he pointed out that you have to be made of Teflon, that you're going to be criticized, that fans yeah. are going to get on you.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're not making that a consideration, then you're probably going to get eaten alive unless you just already are like that. Because if you're expecting something different, that's when I think it affects the guys the most or like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Come on. It's just a, it's just the media. It's just the fans. Like I've dealt with this before. There's a different level of intensity there's a different wave of volume that comes at you too i think when you're when you're here and and yeah so if they're not considering it then that's a flag to me unless you really are just like a guy that doesn't give a fuck
2: well it's like it's what if you're thinking about it it's almost like well then you don't belong in new york anyway
1: (laughs) well no i I think it's a thought like even for the toughest like you just you acknowledge that it's there nothing wrong with acknowledging that it's a thing
2: i mean no what i mean is if it if it's it's a, if it's a big factor in making your decision, right? If you've got two offers on the table, yeah, and you're like, "Well, I could go I would to rather the Yankees be less criticized, or I could go to the Rangers and be less criticized. Mm, what should I do? Well, I would always I always wanted to be a Yankee because of the pinstripes. Blah, blah, blah. But at that point, you're like, "Well, you're not going to handle New York at that point. If it's really that much of a factor for you, then it's you probably don't belong in New York anyway."
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying it's a major consideration, but it's a consideration. It's part of the melting pot of considerations that you're uh, that you're that you're you know putting into your mind as you're looking around and, and identifying what team you're going to be signing with. And
2: Stanton has handled everything great. He's taken off the field, yes he's he's stood at his locker and said
1: but are we done with that are we done with like I, i'm
2: kind of that's what i'm thinking that's where i was going with this is i, I think this is Stanton talking through his agent i don't oh, think 100% i don't think Stanton's is. agent is just <laughs> feeling this way like clearly Stanton has expressed this to his agent probably after brian cashman's comments last week and then and then wolf is is expressing those
1: uh well i don't know if you saw on social too uh i don't go on social um, media anymore Okay, well, uh, our guy, Keith McPherson, who is, was uh, was 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 over here for a minute and has been um, with, on WFAN, had a, a little exchange on Twitter with Cam Mabin and Cam Maben alluded to the fact that um, you know maybe maybe there is desire to play somewhere else. Maybe there is, you know, desire for Stanton to to look uh, somewhere else and be more appreciated somewhere he, he, else. it's It's impossible. He can't get on the field. no team at this point is going to take
2: him anymore. Maybe you would have had a team take him a year or two ago, but at this point, a team would be utterly mar- like stupid to take Stanton. Even if yeah. the Yankees are going to pay half of his contract, which the Marlins are already paying 10 million of. So even if a team was paying Stanton 10 million dollars, what's the point? He's going to play 42 games and hit 187. What's the point?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Let's get into our GM um, plans here before we get too, uh, too pissed off
1: about. We're, we're, we're fixing things. This is this is where the Band-Aids come into play. Maybe not Band-Aids. No,
2: not Band-Aids. This is full-blown surgery. Uh, Logan and I were going through this, and up and down the roster, just so much needed to be fixed. As Cashman said in his powwow, out, need two outfielders, right? But that's not where it ends. Needed outfield, obviously. We think we need to address infield. We need to address pitching depth. There's so much that needs to be addressed. The lineup was one of the worst in baseball last year. How do you get this offense to be a top 10 offense in the league, which is where it's going to need to be if the Yankees are going to actually make a serious run in the postseason? So that's just sort of some um, precursor to, to our plan.
1: And just so we can lay out for, for the, uh, the people listening, the way that we're going to do this is you're going to go through your GM plan. I'm going to sit here and bite my tongue and not talk. Um, and, uh, and then I'm going to give, um, our GM plan and then we can discuss.
2: So first thing, let's get these out of the way. We are non-tendering Lou Trevino, Kyle Higashioka, Jake Bowers, and Albert Abreu. Those guys are all going to be making, you know, money in arbitration that frankly is just not worth it, especially because you're going to see we're adding some payroll here. So anywhere we can save, we tried to do Trevino or Trevino, not Trevino, Trevino coming back from Tommy John surgery. He's just not needed at $4.1 million in the bullpen. Uh, We wanted to give Austin Wells a shot at the backup catcher. And with Higgy there, that's just not realistic. And as much as Higgy has been a a really good backup catcher over the years for the Yankees, I, I think his value is, it's just not, It's just not there, unfortunately, even though the money's not a lot, Uh, so wish Higgy the best wherever he goes. Jake Bowers, frankly, I just don't want Aaron Boone to put him in the lineup anymore, so I'm going to take that out of his control, so he can't put uh, Jake Bowers in the lineup because he's not on the roster, and then Albert Abreu, uh, he's never going to reach whatever potential anyone thought he was going to have, so even though it's only $900,000, see ya, Albert. All right, our first big move, and this is the cornerstone of the offseason. This is where we are starting. The decision, as I'm sure you guys went through as well, do we go the Shohei Otani route or do we go the Juan Soto route? Ultimately, we decided to pursue Juan Soto for a couple of reasons. Um, As much as I think Shohei Otani is the best player in baseball, you know, two-way player, I think you do have to take into account how does Otani fit on this roster. And even though I have said, don't let that stop you from signing the best player, with Juan Soto also seemingly available from all reports that the Padres are basically going to be forced to move him because they're not going to sign him to a long-term contract that he's going to get half a billion dollars or whatever. Uh, Between Soto and Otani, who fits into the Yankees better to have them win a championship in the next, call it, three years? Because I do think that is the window with Judge and Cole still in their primes is the next three years. We think Juan Soto, because he can play the outfield, slot him into left field, or if you're not comfortable with his defense in left field, shit. Move Aaron Judge to left field. He can do it. And move uh, put Juan Soto on right field. Juan Soto is uh, obviously in the last year of arbitration going to be making 27 million in arbitration. Don't extend him immediately. Even, e- even though the idea would be to extend him to a long-term contract and we're going to be trading prospects for him, Uh, If you only get one year out of him and it's a MVP caliber season, is that the worst thing in the world? We think not. So the trade package we're offering up to San Diego and we use the baseball trade values website. Uh, Surprisingly, Soto's value only 22 on baseball trade values because I guess he's entering last year of arbitration. We still overpaid by that metric because we still think he's going to warrant a pretty decent package. Everson Pereira, Chase Hampton, and Oswald Peraza going to the Padres for Juan Soto. This is the Yankees number three, who is Pereira, number four, Hampton, uh, prospects in their system. And then Peraza, who is not uh, on the Yankees pipeline ranked anymore, You know, is not going to be a centerpiece in any trade at this point, but certainly still has value. So that's the package we're, we're sending for Juan Soto and uh, see how the year plays out. I honestly don't think he would agree to an extension a year early. Anyway, see, seeing as how he's turned down the Boris guy too, 440 million dollars from the Nationals a couple of years ago. Uh he's going to hit free agency, so pay him his 27 million bucks this year and uh depending on how the year goes, negotiate with him in the offseason. Next move we are making is we're trading for Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee Brewers. Another decision we were deciding between is, do we pursue Burns or do we go after someone like Montgomery, Montgomery Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Yamamoto, or some of the other pitching on, on the free agent market? It's a stacked pitcher market on the free agent, uh, uh, free agent market this year. All of those guys that I just mentioned in free agency are going to cost $20 million plus AAV. So you can get Corbin Burns at 14.1 million because he's entering the last year of his arbitration. The Brewers seemingly are going to be entering rebuild mode. They just lost their manager, who apparently is the the best thing since Joe Torrey. And um, the thing I love about Corbin Burns is he is durable. He has made 32 and 33 starts each of the last two seasons. He's been one of the best pitchers in the National League for five years at this point. And I do think there is big... Rotation concerns behind Garrett Cole, specifically injury wise, with Radon, Nestor Cortez coming back from injury, Michael King, complete question mark going into next year. You know, I love Michael King, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a short thing that Michael King is going to make 30 starts. So adding Burns to the rotation gives you two guys at the top in Cole and Burns that you know are going to go out there and make 30 plus starts. And I think that that's value in and of itself. The package going to Milwaukee. Notice how I didn't mention Clark Schmidt in that rotation I just uh, was talking about. Clark Schmidt is going to Milwaukee because we think they're going to be looking for a young, controllable starting pitcher in return. Not saying Clark Schmidt is you know, replacing Corbin Burns. He's a number four or five in the rotation. I think we saw he could be pretty decent at that towards the end of the year. He went through ups and downs this year. Um, surprisingly, a good amount of value on baseball trade values. Uh, we're also trading Drew Thorpe and Trey Sweeney. Drew Thorpe is the Yankees' number five prospect, and Trey Sweeney is the Yankees' number nine prospect, going to Corbin Burns. uh, Almost dead on value for him, 32 in exchange for 32.1. So with Clark Schmidt gone, that's another $3 million off the books. But as you can see, we just added $41 million in Burns and Soto. The next move. So we were... Even with Soto added to this lineup, I still don't think that equals um, uh, call it top half of the league offense. You still need more bats. You need more more consistency in the lineup, specifically left handed offense. We're signing Cody Bellinger, and this one we were we were going back and forth on. Um, for for a little while, we were like, well, we could just get Kevin Kiermaier to be a stopgap replacement to whenever Jason Dominguez returns for center field. But, but Kevin Kiermaier is just a, a defensive plug. He is not an offensive player. And we had that last year with um, Harrison Bader, almost Joe dro- dro- Blank on his name. Harrison Bader was a defensive center fielder. And we weren't we weren't really pleased with that. The, the outfield was in shambles last year. You cannot go into next season with basically just one outfielder or even just two outfielders. You can't go into a season with no, no plan in center field. So, Cody Bellinger fits in nicely into center field. And the thing I love about this Cody Bellinger signing is he gives you not only a center fielder, but he gives you insurance for if Rizzo, for whatever reason, isn't right because he can play first base. And he also can slot into your infield next year because Rizzo's contract is up if Jason Dominguez is really ready to be the everyday center fielder going forward, you can put Dominguez in center field and Cody Bellinger can move to first base. And he can also play outfield on a backup, uh, in a backup role. So we're giving him six years and $150 million. That's $25 million. AAV. The, the contract projections for him, um, based on where you look baseball or, um, uh, baseball uh, trade rumors or MLB trade rumors or fan or some other sites range between five and seven years at about 25 million AAV. So we sort of just split the difference. If you're telling me it's going to require seven years at 25 million AAV. Okay, fine. He's going to be 28 years old next year. Is the season last year he had in Chicago sustainable? I think so, especially putting him in surrounding him with would be Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres uh, and the rest of the Yankees lineup at Yankee Stadium, short porch. I do think that would be sustainable, at least for the next few years. And now you're talking about a really, really strong top five in the lineup. The next thing that we're doing is we're getting some insurance in the infield. So you would think the infield is crowded. I mean, even Brian Cashman said, I have a surplus of infielders, but I'm not comfortable. We are not comfortable going into next year with Rizzo and DJ LeMahieu at the corners. I think that is too risky. Could they both have great seasons, everyday roles at those positions? Yes, but I wouldn't bet on it. Rizzo coming off the the concussion is very scary. If you told me Rizzo is going to be the player he was in the first two months of the year going forward next year, awesome. But if you told me he's going to have some struggles next year, I would also believe that, which again is why Cody Bellinger is nice. But we're going to sign Heimer Candelario who's a, another guy we wanted to trade for at the last uh, trade deadline for a three-year $36 million deal, $12 million AAV. This gives you really good depth at third base because DJ will still get a lot of reps at third base. He'll get some reps at first base and obviously second base as well. He's a switch hitter with a budge, above average defense, uh, Candelario is. So this gives you uh, much needed insurance, I think, in the infield and also a switch hitter in the lineup, which is nice. And then we don't have anyone to back up shortstop. So we're going to sign Elvis Andrews, who was 90th percentile for outs above average last year, who can play shortstop, second base, even third base um, for whenever Volpe needs a day off. Elvis Andrews, one year, one million dollar deal. He's 36 years old at this point. Um, so he's kind of like, um, oh, God, uh, what was the guy's name? Hechevaria, uh, right? that they they trade for Uh, just a defensive infielder that that's all andrews is and then the last move we're going to make is bring back our guy wandy peralta to a two-year 10 million dollar deal 5 million aav just having that consistent left-handed reliever in the bullpen we know he can close we know he can set up he's he's done the fireman role so just um really nice bullpen piece to have that means we're adding 74. Point, or excuse me, 72.4 million dollars to the total payroll, uh bringing the the payroll for next year to 317.45 million when you factor in uh Aaron Hicks's 9.2 million dollars of retained salary, benefits and minor league salaries. It's a shitload of money. We did not see a way to fix this team without spending a crap load of money and I'm sure you guys did the same. What was the final number you got to? 317.45
1: we're at 317751.
2: Okay. So it's it, there's no other way to fix this team other than spending money. And it's like it's it's impossible.
1: Yeah. Um okay. Uh, you know, it's funny because I think we have we have talked about this team at such length and and how it's broken um that it it makes sense that we went similar avenues. In, in how to fix this. So we, we have some uh, differences in personnel, I think here, um, and, and the way that they fit. But it's, you know, it's actually pretty close to what to, uh, I was to, to what we I was did. thinking
2: it was going to be close. As we were going through some of these moves, I'm like, this seems like a move they would make. This seems like a move they were going to like. Um, yeah. So- Anything specifically you want to talk about our plan or you want to do yours and then we let, can me, let go back and forth.
1: Let, let me do ours first and then we'll, we'll talk about it because there are a few differences that we can talk through as far as personnel. Um, but yeah, let's go from there. Okay. Very first thing that we're doing. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the news, uh, a couple different things. Um, Andrew Bailey, who was who was uh, who was rumored to have, he was he's the pitching coach in San Francisco. We we, he, I think he played for the Yankees for a minute, right? A cup of coffee at the end of the year or at the end of his career. Uh, looks like he's going to take the pitching coach job for the Red Sox now. Um, and then also David Ross, also rumored with this for the Yankees bench coach. Um, said that he doesn't want to be in the dugout for a bench coach, he wants to be for a manager. Uh, all that said, we weren't considering either one of those guys. What we are doing is bringing in a leader of men from the bullpen. Mike Harkey is being promoted to bench coach on uh, in, in the dugout. Everybody loves him. Literally everybody who's come across Mike Harkey loves him. There's not a bad word you can, you can find on the internet about this man. Um, and you know, he was the literally the gatekeeper to uh, the greatest closer in, that has ever played the game, uh, has seen winning baseball, won the was with the Yankees in, in 2009 when they won the World Series. He's just a guy that that is a calming presence and uh, a, a massive human being and one that I want in the dugout on a daily basis. He knows the bullpen inside and out. And to me, Aaron Boone needs a guy that knows the bullpen inside and out, not just a pitching coach who can go out there and, and uh, read a spreadsheet but a guy that actually uh, uses his feeling and and can lead men uh, and have the respect of these guys. Um, so that's the th- first thing we're we're putting uh, assistant pitching coach Desi Juschel out into the bullpen um, and he starts his uh, his new career as the bullpen. Guess <laughs> okay, so uh, you coach. guys went, went to the coaching staff. Yeah, I yeah, see yeah. what you're doing here. You know okay. what? Mike Harkey deserves it uh, and 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 again, like I love the man so I want him in uh, I want him. if if Aaron Boone's going to be here, I need someone I can goddamn trust in that dugout. <laughs> Um, we are, uh, releasing non-tendering players. Uh, these names might sound familiar. Lou, Lou Trevino, uh, Kyle H- Higashioka, Jake Bowers, Albert Abreu, and also Nick Ramirez. So we have, uh, another guy that in there, but agree with Higgy. It's just time, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, the Romanites, uh, at this point, Austin Romine was here for a long time until he wasn't because there was someone behind him. Um, we're going to be going, a, a a a little bit of a different route in the catching situation. I think Trevino, Trevino is the stability back there. He's the guy that can, uh, you know, that that has the the trust. Um, but we're going to give Austin Wells the opportunity to win that starting job. I I don't I don't think him as the backup catcher is the best scenario. I think if if uh, the the hitting you know didn't happen at the end of last year, um, it seems like the defense from what they were talking about. Was was better than expected based on how he was uh, he was going with some guys. So I think he does have the opportunity coming out of camp to win that job. We're going to give him every opportunity, and in our in our in our uh, in our world, he he wins the job, um, and is uh, and is going to be the catcher for for next year. Okay, so first big move, and let me preface this. Agree on a lot of the points that you said. This team is broken. This team needs to change their ways in how they approach the game. They need to uh, they need to be much more balanced on the offensive side. And when you look at the philosophy of, we have all of these guys on offense, but then when people go down, we're essentially getting swingmen and journeymen to play in uh, in in you know, in place of, of players that were depending and paying. That's a problem because one, it's happening more often than not. And two, these guys aren't good. They're not good. They're, they're great. If they're, you know, coming up for uh, a short amount of time from AAA and you can plug someone in. Like if Jake Bowers is that guy that comes up for a week here and there, because you need to from AAA. Cool. Like that's, that's not 200 at bats, (laughs) not 200 at bats. So that means that one, you need more flexibility. You need more depth and you need to damn well find out uh, get guys on this team that will play uh, in sync with each other, in unison with each other, meaning complementary skill sets and have the ability to flex guys around because that's what this lineup is. You need flexibility. When you have John Carlos Stanton in the in the DH spot um, and Aaron Judge in the right field spot, you need some flexibility to move guys around. And I'm we're basically playing this like John Carlos is on this team. We did not trade him. I was joking earlier. We did not trade him because you can't trade that contract. Thank you. Unless you're giving everything <laughs> up, you're it, it's, you know, unless uh, you know, Cashman pulls a, a magic hat, uh, a bunny out of his magic hat, I don't see it happening. Uh and you'd have to have a really dumb trade partner. Call the Anaheim Angels, see what happens, but other than that, I don't I don't know uh, you know how you're doing that.
2: That's <laughs> it lose Otani and trade away Trout and bring him You Stan.
1: you need to <laughs> You need to, need to, need to uh, make this team without John Carlos in consideration. What does this team look like without John Carlos in consideration? And I think that's kind of how we a- approach it as well. Like if he's there, if he is going to be there and if he's not playing well, you need to ha- have the ability to bench him if that's the case. You need to be able to put someone else in that DH spot or at least rotate people into that DH spot and have the depth, quality depth so that you can play a an everyday lineup um, that that is able to compete. So that was part of what we did. Um, the Shohei Otani, Juan Soto route, we looked at the same exact thing. We went the same path. We went Juan Soto. I think it's more realistic. I think Otani is, um, there's a lot more rumors that that he's going to potentially go after a short-term deal, which means he's then a hitter. Um, and you're looking at who is the hitter I would rather on a short-term deal that has the potential that fits the best into this team. And I think it's Juan Soto. We have a void in left field. Juan Soto can go out there play left field. If his defense is is uh, not the greatest in the world, I don't give a shit. I don't. I want him, it's and I want to fix this offense. Primarily, we're fixing the offense, and yeah. you know we'll play some defense, but we're going to fix the offense. So the the deal that we sent, and ironically enough, it's pretty similar. We're actually we made it a little bit more complicated. We're sending uh, we're sending Clark Schmidt, Everson Pereira, um, Oswaldo. Uh, Peraza and Chase Hampton over for Juan Soto and Tom Cosgrove. Tom Cosgrove is a lefty reliever that is a controllable lefty reliever. He had a really good year. 2023 was his rookie year, 54 games, 51 innings pitched, 175 ERA, 44 strikeouts, um, gave up only three home runs, uh, 234 ERA, ERA plus. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, but he's, he's, like uh, a master at weak contact 100th percentile in hard hit percentage 95th in barrel percentage 100th in exit uh velocity um and 99th in xera he fits the team well he's a lefty uh staten island kid you know he's probably got some uh some some polaroids of of him uh you know wearing a yankees hat as a kid which is great we love that uh and and comes in he grew up a mets fan that's fine he'll he'll trade over but he's a uh he's a guy that is um Fits the the bullpen nicely. It's a it's a it's a cashman move in the sense that he's controlled, um and and does bring a, uh, a another uh, piece in this deal that makes you feel better because if Juan Soto is not extended, we're not extending him either. Not immediately. We're we're playing this out. We're going to see what happens, and uh, we're going to go because honestly, if he is looking for five hundred million dollars or four hundred and fifty million dollars over that period of time, I I don't love doing that personally. I I, I think that's a insane, insanely long deal. Uh too many things can go wrong. And we've seen so many bad things that have happened within uh those long contracts um when your name is you know not Aaron Judge and they have Aaron Judge. Uh so we'll see. If they if they're able to get him then 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 great. Um uh, but we're gonna go in with him in a walk year and and try to win the World Series and uh and see what happens there. Um okay so the next move that we are doing so we've addressed left field um, and i'm gonna i'm gonna bounce around so we're making some trades but we're also adding uh some free agents Uh, i'm gonna stay in the outfield you went um a route with uh signing a guy uh who is in the in the name of cody bellinger to another long term big contract um cody bellinger was too risky for my blood he he's just too risky i couldn't i couldn't stomach the contract i couldn't stomach there, there are reports out there that he's looking for way more than even what you said. I've seen reports that he's looking for ten years, uh, and and trying to capitalize that. Whether he gets it or not, it's just something that eight to ten. I'm not willing to do that with a guy like that. He yeah. did have this one bounce back. Hold your tongue. Did have a bounce back, um, and and that's great. He 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 certainly you know improved his value uh, tremendously. But I'm worried about him as a as an injury. Still, if, if there's one injury, we see what an injury does to him and how long it took him to come back from an injury. And I'm just not here for that. I'm just not. Um, and so we went a different route. We're actually going uh, into the international waters and we're going to sign Yun Hu Lee for 65 million at five years. Uh, the rumor is there's the 50 for five, uh, high, highest of 75 for five, Went split the middle, went to 65 for five. That's a $13 million AAV. He's 25 years old. He's a lefty. Uh, coming in is just... You look you look at the scouts and what they say about him. Um, Jiho Lee is a sports writer uh, for the Yonhap News. Told MLB this. He doesn't really have a lot of weaknesses as a hitter. They say he's a bad ball hitter, too. You can find some clips on Twitter going around where he does these Vladimir Guerrero senior impressions, like the ball bounces in front of the plate and somehow he makes contact and hits it for a double. This guy makes contact everywhere he is a plus defender he plays center field um and he averages 43 strikeouts a season he doesn't strike out in 2023 uh Luis Arise struck out 34 times i understand there's better competition here but this guy has premier bat to ball skills and can play defense um uh in center field and and man that center field uh well enough so that um you know when Dominguez comes back, he's not in a rush. We have a guy out there that's going to be doing that, and he fits this lineup really well. Adds more contact, adds another lefty bat. Um, so we're we're going that route. Uh, and and plus, it's a long term deal. This is, he's a he's a young guy that that can stay with this team for a long time. And I love the makeup of the player. Um, okay, so the next thing we're going to be doing again, sticking in uh, the the offensive side because so I'm going to address that before we get to the rest of it. We're making another trade. We're going back to St. Louis, and we're making a trade for Brendan Donovan. Brendan Donovan, four years of control. He's a pre-arb guy. Um, again, you'll see the consistency. You know I like this. If you listen to the show, you know damn well that, that I'm a big on-base percentage, low-K percentage uh, guy. And he has similar production to what Glaber is giving you. But we're not getting rid of Glaber. Glaber is staying. We looked at trying to trade Glaber uh, and what that value was going to be coming back, and honestly, the value in our eyes was just here uh, with with the one year playing with uh, you know with a purpose, not extending him, but playing out his contract. And Donovan is there for now insurance and also potential injuries. Donovan not only plays second base, he plays third base, but he also plays left and right field. Um, average defender, you know, there was I think he he was uh, in 2022 he was above average. Um, but he's a guy that will, uh, give you good at bats. He's a, a high, um, uh, on base percentage. He, he go pull percentage, pull percentage, center percentage, and oppo percentage 29, 48, 21. He sprays the ball. He gives you the ability to, to go all over the place and he can play and you can slot him in pretty much anywhere in the lineup. Um, so the deal that we're going to go for him, cause he is controlled. I think the, they talked to St. Louis last year or at the trade deadline and there were, there were talks of, um, uh, uh Maranaccio, uh, and some of the younger, um, younger pitchers that were coming up. I think, uh, uh beater was, was one that was, was actually rumored w- that they were interested in. We're giving up Drew Thorpe, Ian Hamilton, and Johnny Brito. Uh, they're looking for, uh, controllable guys. They're looking for, um, starting pitching with Johnny Brito, Ian Hamilton, Actually, and again, we use baseball trade value website uh, the same way. Uh, Ian Hamilton has a ton of value in here as well because of the year that he had. Um, I think we can replace him if the Yankees have not uh, proved that one thing out. Then they have proved nothing out. They they can they can build relief pitchers, and I think there's a a ton of guys in the minor leagues even within the system that that can actually fill in um, and and take on uh, another role. But Cosgrove also helps that because we're going to be um, you getting him into, uh, into the bullpen. Okay. So outfield in, in my opinion is fixed. The lineup is in a much better place right now, a, a much better place. You have flexibility within, uh, you have a ton of lefty, righty balance now. Um, and you're, you're able to, you know, use super utility guys all over the place. Um, and Boone now has, a ton of flexibility with where he can slot guys. And like, frankly, he can't make that many bad decisions within the lineup. And that was part of this. We needed to make sure that he is not able to make terrible decisions, that the personnel is there so that he can actually, um, you know, do something that is, uh, that is positive. All right. So pitching, we need to address the pitching because you're right. Pitching while we, we thought we addressed it in Carlos Rodon, obviously that was not the case. Uh, you went trading for Corbin Burns we went back to the free agent market and we did sign yamamoto um the yamamoto deal was for uh 215 7 years at 215 rumors like he's at 200 we went a little bit over just to uh just to give a little bit in there that's a 30 million dollar aav 25 years old the guy's controlled um we all know the deal with him he's he's the best pitcher that's come out of japan uh since since otani and the yankees we know uh, will will go out there um, and sign a deal. Cashman was there when he threw a no hitter. They've been scouting him for a while. They they obviously very much like him. Um, and pretty much his agent just said you need to put another ten million dollars on the top of this deal for for him to come to New York. So uh, thank you for the timing of that, Brian Cashman. I appreciate it. Now we're going to go over the luxury tax threshold uh, so that you have to pay for those comments, um, and that's fine with me because it's not my money. Um, that was uh, so yeah. That's that's the and we are going to Wandy Peralta also. Uh, a lot of similarities there. Love Wandy Peralta. He's uh, everybody's favorite uncle, as Ilya was saying last night. He's only thirty-two years old. He looks like he's forty-five, but we got him for. We did pay him a a little bit more because we saw some of the the market price that was. I wanted to give him five, but I think market's going to dictate six. We had two years, twelve million, with a third year player option um, in there for Wandy Peralta. He's been so solid. He's been the guy that that you can truly depend on um, for in the bullpen, and uh, we wanted him back. We love the makeup of it. So the bullpen now, Holmes. Loisaga, Efros, Kainley, Luis Heal, uh, we have slotted into the bullpen as well because he's he started throwing rehabs at the end of last year. They wanted him to go into the offseason as normal as possible. I don't think they stay with him in the starting rotation, but he's definitely got the plus stuff where he could be really effective in the bullpen. I like him coming out. Um, in that bullpen spot. And honestly, with Abreu, like you said, like his, he just walked too many damn guys. He does not belong in the bullpen. He, you can't trust him. You can't bring him in. I don't care what his stuff is. Luis Hill now gives you the upside of a, of a guy like Abreu, um, and hopefully uh, you're able to get a little bit more consistency out of him. And then Cosgrove is in there as well. Um, starting pitching, Cole, Yamamoto, Radon, Cortez, and King. Um, line up with uh, that, uh, Wells at catcher, Rizzo at first uh, Torres at second and starting DJ at third Volpe at short left field Soto. Um, and now Donovan being the, the, the infielder that you can swing in because we know you don't need to be a starting player on the New York Yankees to get a ton of time and a ton of at-bats. He's going to get a ton of at-bats. Uh, and he's going to play at second. He's going to play at third. He's going to play some left. He's going to play some right. He's got the ability to do all of that. And I, I love the makeup of the player. And then you also have, um, Cabrera who can go in there and do similar things. Um, we did keep uh, Esteban Floriel uh, coming out of coming out of spring training, basically as the 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 defender in the outfield. He can play all three positions at a high level. Most likely, you know, he's 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 just playing a, a backup spot there. He can pinch run. He can do those things. Fast guy off the bench. I like him. That he's he's not going to obviously light the world on fire with his offense, but he doesn't need to be at that point. He's in a he's in a very um, niche role that I think will fit him. And when Dominguez comes back, if 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 Florial not on this team anymore, uh, I don't think anybody's going to cry about that. So, um and Trevino as the the true backup, uh backup, um backup catcher. And Marinaccio was the other guy that we had in the bullpen. Sorry, that was on the next page I, I missed. Cool.
2: Yeah, a lot of a lot of similarities. Who's going to be your Who's going to be a backup shortstop though? Is Oswaldo Cabrera? That's not.
1: That's yeah, not Oswaldo honest. Cabrera is going to be the backup shortstop.
2: Mm-hmm. That's why we signed Andrus just to because when Volpe gets days off or if you need someone to go in, you know, in the middle of a game, um I mean not that that's a huge, you know, problem for it's, for uh, your plan, I, it's just I
1: can't I can't dedicate a guy just for that in in my estimation here because one we have a guy that literally just won a gold glove who's a rookie who's coming off he's going to be out there a lot. We're not taking him out of yeah. games. The only reason that I would have that have a defensive replacement or have someone who's going to play out there as if there's an injury to happen. If that's the case, you can go out and get an Elvis Andrews with no issue sure, from sure. anywhere. Not a problem. So um, I'm not building that into my, my team to start off. I think it's a, to me, it's kind of a waste of a roster spot. Um, and having more flexible guys is a, is a better look.
2: So you, you said that, well, first of all, we both went the Soto route
1: yeah. and I think
2: it's clear in doing this exercise, Soto just fits what the Yankees need so much better than what Otani does. As much as, again, I would love to see Otani signed because Giancarlo Stanton is there clogging up the DH spot for whenever he's on the field and healthy, quote unquote. It's just you can't sign Shoy Otani. And it's like I criticize the Yankees for potentially using that excuse going into the offseason, and here we are using that excuse. But assuming they do but, but hold trade on, for Soto...
1: There's a caveat that's there. That's okay. There's a caveat there because Soto and Ot- Otani, if if you believe what's what the rumors are um, and what he's saying, if it is a shorter term deal, you're looking at him as an offensive player right now, right? Like that's what you're looking at. You're looking at Soto as a shorter term deal, offensive player. So now you're getting, you know, arguably similar production from both players. One does fit the lineup uh, or fits the the team a little bit better in the short term. If you are extending. You can't go wrong with extending either one or getting either one of those guys for the long term, and I don't think the Yankees can afford to miss out on another outfielder in the caliber of Soto. And then, you know, yes, it's risky because you're not going to sign him; you're giving up guys. But you know what? If you're listening to this show and you're still holding out hope for this Yankees minor league system, you are missing the point. You are missing the point. You need to leverage as many of these guys as you can to get quality players right now. The Yankees system actually is chock full of mid tier right handed arms, chock full of them. They have a ton, and if you're looking at uh, improving the the starting rotation by, by with free agency, which they have, Cole Rodon, in your case Burns, you know via trade or Yamamoto, to me it's a similar fit. You you have long term um, fixtures in there at, at the high level, and then you have a guy like Michael King who's controlled, uh, and a guy like Nestor Cortez who's controlled. You you can't. You're looking, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to come up. So if you're, if you're saying, well, this guy's got, he's, he won minor league pitcher of the year. I don't he give cares. a shit. It doesn't yeah. matter to me who did. What's his name? Chase, uh, yeah. Chance Adams won minor league pitcher of the year as well. Right. He was, 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 was punching above his weight in the minor leagues. The entire time, what did he do in the major leagues? Nothing. So I, I just can't look at that and say that this guy's going to be, you know, a particular thing in the majors. I can't. I can't do that. I, I uh,
2: think also fans get blinded by, well, we can't give up our number three prospect. He's number three in the Yankee system, but he's not even ranked in the top 100, or he's ranked number 87 in the top 100. Like that is just another prospect. That's all that is. That's just another prospect. Agreed. Unless and, you've got one of these guys that is in the top 25 ranked some, some projected to be an all-star, something like that, they're very expendable. And you're going to have another wave of them coming through from rookie ball and a ball in the next year to year and a half.
1: So one pushback on yours a little bit, and it's, and we're, we're getting into like value. I think at this point, just in the way that I, I would push back in, in getting Corbin Burns, you have Clark Schmidt in that deal. I do believe that Clark Schmidt or one of Clark Schmidt or, um, uh, or uh, you know another starting pitcher that's that's major league ready right now is going to be needed to get that deal done. I do I do think that, and that's the belief that we went See. into. Uh, so you know we pulled back some trades by by trying to leave Clark Schmidt out. But at the end of the day, we just you said you know we believe that this is going to have to happen. One of these guys, um, and you know the we're we're not trying to give up um, Michael King. Uh, we would much prefer give up Schmidt, but I think value across is is similar
2: here's why I disagree with, we landed on that package. There's so much pitching on the free agent market. Only teams that are in contention are going to be trading for Corbin Burns because he's entering the last year of his deal. And teams that are in contention are going to be willing to pay all of those pitchers. I mentioned 20 to $25 million AAV. So I don't think there's going to be a ton of trade demand for Corbin Burns. I think the Yankees could swoop in because all these other guys have been signed. So teams aren't, desperate for pitching you could swoop in to a team like the brewers who need to rebuild and if it takes another prospect okay fine but the reason i like burns like i said is is the durability a little bit lower AAV for this year. And then when you look at the money coming off the books next year, in 2025, under our plan, the Yankees would have only $177 million committed because Juan Soto would be up for free agency. Rizzo's money is coming off the books. Gleyber right. Tore- Torres is hitting free agency. Corbin Burns would be hitting free agency. Now, obviously, those assuming those guys have good years, you'd want to sign Soto or Burns for long-term deals, but you would have the flexibility and the payroll to do that.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I get that. And, uh, that was the other reason why, you know, Hal came out and said, I don't know why he used this number, but he did say 300 was not a hard line. He said that from, from his man And if
2: you're spending 300, spend 317 or 318, exactly. because yeah. there's no difference. There's no and difference. If it, if, and if it, if it means your team is going to be that much better from getting someone like in your plan, Yamamoto or in our plan, Cody Bellinger, or so. One other thing I want to touch on, we I want to talk about Glaber too for uh, after you make this point. we both made it a point to get left-handed offense into this lineup. Yes. Because it's so obvious that's what this team one of the major things this team is lacking. In in our in me and Logan's plan, when you look up and down the lineup now, you've got Rizzo, who's still there, lefty, Candelario, who's gonna be a switch hitter, Soto, left-handed hitter, Bellinger, left-handed hitter. That is You're adding two power lefty bats to the middle of the lineup. Candelario is going to hit in the bottom third of the lineup, who's a switch hitter. And hopefully Rizzo rebounds and can be in the middle of the order too uh, as a left-handed hitter. But holy crap, does this lineup look so much better with that balance in there? Ready, lefty, ready, lefty, basically one through nine.
1: Yeah, and you know Candelario is a guy that we looked at. Um, we ended up not, I I didn't, I don't love his on. He strikes out and his on-base percentage wasn't, wasn't where I want it to be. And I, you know, I value on-base percentage a lot. I I value contact. Um, and so that's why we, we, we didn't, we didn't sign him. We didn't, uh, even put in a, a third baseman because the fact that Donovan can play third base, second base, um, you now have Glaber, DJ, uh, Donovan, with the ability to, to flex around. Um, and then you have, you know, Cabrera obviously as a, a super utility guy that can go, um, in multiples, in multiple, multiple areas as well. So the lineup that we had, um, and I go back and forth a little bit with, uh, with who's batting lead off, but for this conversation, we got DJ, uh, uh, leading off Juan Soto, Aaron judge, um, Rizzo Stanton, Glaber Volpe, Austin Wells, uh, young and if you want to mix up, you, you could split up the the righty lefties uh, a little bit more and you could put Wells, you know, where Glaber is, or you could put Lee up there too. Lee hits a lot of ground balls. So I could also see him in the, uh, the leadoff spot as a guy that would just, you know, work that work the count, um, and, uh, and get on base a ton and, and DJ, the more I look at it actually would probably do that because DJ, I want in, in a run producing situation a little bit more often. Um, and, uh. And he doesn't, you know, Lee doesn't clog up the, the base path. But yeah, man, like I, I, the balance is so important, but also the complementary skill set. That was the other reason why Bellinger wasn't, wasn't it for me. He's just too close to a year that he struck out an insane amount of times. And I know that if he, if he tweaks anything, like, I feel like we're getting back to that guy. He's got such a long swing that I don't want to sit here. And I'm afraid that if they sign Cody Bellinger, we're going to be looking in three years like, oh my God, I can't believe Cody Bellinger. We're staring at him for this amount of time.
2: But at least he's twenty eight years old. He's going to be twenty eight in the middle of next season.
1: I get it. At I least do. you're and
2: signing someone for his prime years. Does he have risks? Absolutely. But I think Lee from Korea has risks too. That is as much as many scouting reports as we want to look at and people from Korea that say this is this guy is can't miss in the major leagues.
1: none of us have ever seen him play. He's also a, he's also a contact guy though, and a lot of these contact guys that have come over have not been all that risky. They that translates it does it translates. If you if you are going to tell me that you know he's a big power guy and he's going to get exposed on the high fastball in the major leagues, then I think that's a different story. This guy can you know hit the ball behind his back. He's he's a guy that just he he's a baseball player, sure, and, and he knows how to make uh, a ton of contact. And the Yankees so desperately need that. This is a lineup that that can be that could be tested against anybody. You bring in a tough lefty, we got it. You bring in a tough righty, we got it. Donovan gives you the flexibility there as well um, to to pull someone out of that lineup. If you if Stanton is getting exposed to that high fastball again and again and again, don't play him unless it's a great matchup and you're coming in uh with a, a against a lefty that that he can mash. You can actually play a lot more situational now against who you're playing uh on the starting uh, on the starting as the opponent's starting pitcher. Um, and that was another piece that, that we just said, you, we were looking at trading Glaber because you, last year I probably would have traded Glaber away to get closer or under 300 million. That would have been my, my mentality this year. I said, no, we're not, we let's not do that. We looked at this and we're looking at the value, like you need that. And, and having Donovan play second base every day, cause you could get along, you could get away with that. But then what happens, uh, beyond that, you're looking at the depth again, being, being a lot more shallow. That's and, why we
2: signed candelarios because the infield depth, even though it looks like it should be plenty of depth. I think it's not plenty of depth. I agree. And, and Glaber is in his last year uh, of arbitration. I, I don't know what they're going to do with him uh, as far as after the season. I think a lot of it depends on how good of a season he has. But you know me, I wouldn't sign him to a long-term deal. Um, and I think we tried to address – with the Candelario and also the Bellinger signing that does address the 2025 infield as well, because like I said, of the versatility to move to first base, and then you still have DJ for a couple more years. Did you guys look at anyone else on the trade market for infield? We looked at Jonathan India for, for, uh, as a trade yeah. candidate, because there are reports that the Reds could be moving him because they've got a lot of in, young infielders, younger than India. Um, he's been a pretty good player. Uh, and he could play second. He, he would just slot into second base after Glaber leaves.
1: Yeah, um, no. On the trade market, we were pretty locked in on Donovan to try to get that deal done. If we didn't, if we didn't make that trade uh, with with him, because we were like, is this too trade heavy? Like, there's a lot of things that have to go right for for this to happen. But I mean, I truly believe that they they do have to make a. He's got to be aggressive in trades. That's the other piece with Soda if, or um with Otani. If Otani drags out. What happened before with the Yankees? They 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 sat on their dick for for however long and and you know I feel like missed out on opportunities. Can't do that. You got to be aggressive from the beginning here and start and start signing guys. You can't he wait around. Free agency's a week old and literally crickets. Nothing has happened around the league. It's crazy. Yeah. So the um, he was the guy. We we uh, I, me more than Ilya. Ilya did not want to do this, but I was uh, toying with the fact of like, hey, you want to really shake some shit up. How about Tim Anderson at second base? That, <laughs> uh, he makes a ton of contact coming off. Well, of Donaldson's year, not open.
2: here anymore, so that that opens the door for. Yeah, Tim
1: I, I don't hate that. Like someone like that, that's a little bit of a fire rod. But um, didn't he, he have
2: an awful year last year? He did.
1: He he had some injuries, though. I, you know, so who knows if those injuries are, are ones that are going to affect? I mean, him I know he's been a good form. player
2: for a long time. Yeah,
1: and but. he he said that he would be open to playing second base. So one area that you guys didn't really do much to is the bullpen. So no, because,
2: uh, well, we re-signed Wandy Peralta. I just think... Yeah,
1: I mean, but who's, who's, who's filling the spots? You have... you, you no, Abreu's not there anymore. So... Our
2: bullpen is Holmes, Peralta, Canely, Loizaga, Efros, Hill, Marinaccio, and Hamilton. With Hill, Marinaccio, and Hamilton...
1: Oh, yeah, because we traded Hamilton. Ba- trade.
2: Basically, you know, a rotation of guys from the minors. Like, I... I know the bullpen struggled at points last season. I also think that was the fact that the rotation was in shambles. So the bullpen was overworked. First half of the season, Um, they
1: were the best bullpen in baseball. Yeah.
2: So like I'm very confident in this bullpen without bringing in someone else, especially if you get consistency from Cole Burns and you have to let's let's all talk about the elephant in the room here. Carlos Rodon has to live up to his contract like he he needs to pitch well and he needs to be out there pitching 28 to 30 starts. Otherwise, we're going to have more problems in the rotation next year. And he's just going to be a headache. So I'm maybe foolishly banking on Rodon to be a steady force in the rotation. He has to be. And that's another reason
1: why. And You kind of have to. In, you have to. You have to go that route with the mindset like that. Because you're guy already is spending
2: so much money in the rotation. And we each added a starting pitcher. And I'm glad we each added starting pitching that you can count on you you guys getting Yamamoto us getting Burns and not saying oh let's take a flyer on Severino or let's take a, fr- a flyer on Frankie Montas no no, our flyers are Cortez and King but they're number four and five flyers like we we hope Cortez can rebound to what he was in 2022 and we hope Michael King can basically let's call it fill the Clark Schmidt role from this past year but with maybe a little bit more upside like the Do you think think there's definitely more? No, there's
1: there's definitely more upside there. There's no doubt. Yeah.
2: So, so if King can be a number five, but, but really be like a high end number five, like really more like a number four, we all know Nestor Cortez is capable of pitching like a number two or a number three, even if you think it was a little bit fluky, like I'm still comfortable with him if he's healthy being a number four and you've got a three
1: headed monster in Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns and Carlos Radon. So the, um, the one thing that we did in that Donovan trade, the Donovan trade, we, we definitely stood over for a while. We wanted to make sure that it was a realistic trade because he is a controllable young guy. The fact is, is that St. Louis has a ton of those, those dudes on their offensive side. Um, and they've made it very clear that they, they want pitching and need pitching. I think Brito Brito was very good coming up. Like he's got some, he got upside there. We we were toying around with putting Nestor in that deal as well. Um, but he surprisingly we, doesn't have that much value. He does not the, have that on much on value. Well, I think value. the injury and the way that he came back from the injury is – I know, but he's – Leading into that. that he's controlled.
2: That, he's controlled. And I feel like controllability is like one of the major factors on that website for yeah. – if you, No one knows what we're talking about. Baseball trade values is the website. Um, yeah. And contract status is like one of the major things for value.
1: Yeah. Well, we found an article from the St. Louis Dispatch that uh, they were interested in Marinaccio and um, Clayton Beater. Um, and, uh, so we kind of use that as a, as an opportunity and we, we, we upped it a little bit, I think in, in the, by including Hamilton as well. And again, Hamilton is a, is a classic case of the Yankees finding a guy that, um, doesn't have a lot of value. They sign for cheap. That's, that's controllable for a long time. They'll find another one. They'll They'll find find another one. And I think they're, and I think they have them in the minor leagues as well. Uh,
2: Great! So, They've been able to develop back of the bullpen guys. Awesome. Yeah, every, well, every team, whatever every team wants. So I, I listen. I like your plan because it's similar to our plan. I still think your lineup is a little lacking. I I, I still think beyond the top three hitters in that in that lineup, which are Judge, Soto, and well, who would you say the number three hitter in your lineup is? Is it Glaber or Judge. is it? No, not literally the number three, meaning like the third best hitter in that in that
1: lineup. Hold on, let me tell you the lineup. I'm going to my tabs. I have eight billion tabs open. Uh, DJ Juan Soto, Judge Rizzo, Stanton, Torres, Volpe, Wells, Yanhuli. Right.
2: So is Rizzo the number the third best hitter in that lineup? Is Glaber the third best hitter in that lineup? Like that's what we're talking about, right? So uh, I'm not saying it's a bad lineup. It's certainly a, an improvement from last year. But I still you're, I mean
1: you're purely looking at production numbers. That's what you're looking at like power oh, numbers too. How um, dare
2: I, I look at production numbers? Well, from production numbers standpoint.
1: you gotta have people on base to have production numbers also. So yeah don't don't let that fool you. The and Donovan, while well, he's not in the very start, he's gonna play practically every day. Like he's he's gonna be in there a lot. Um and so yeah, I it's complimentary, is what it is. And I, I think that when you're and I didn't build this lineup, we didn't build this lineup, Billy had a lot of influence in this and uh, Ilya, I want you to give some some thoughts here if I miss anything, but um, we built this to be sustainable through the regular season, uh, but also into the playoffs. How can you win against good right-handed pitching in the playoffs? How can that happen? And I, I think we have a very balanced and good lineup uh, with guys that can get on base, spray the ball and hit you in um, up and down. If you have Juan Soto and Aaron Judge in your lineup and you have guys that will get on base beyond that, I'm... I, I'm I'm very happy. I'm very happy. And I and I think uh yeah. So I I don't think it needs Cody Bellinger to be honest.
2: <clears throat> I see I, I I think it did. That's one of the main that's the main reason why we signed Cody Bellinger is because we were looking at the lineup with Kevin Kiermeyer in it, who I, again is kind of like discount Jun Hu Lee. I mean, well,
1: we, that's that's not fair. He's not why? remotely close to the hitter that Jun Hoo Lee is. Not even close.
2: Young Hu Lee might be a league average hitter. He might be a ninety five OPS plus hitter for all we know.
1: I'm not, he's not going to be.
2: I hope. I mean, maybe.
1: Who knows? Yeah. So Keir, Kevin, Kevin Kiermeyer is 97 years old, so he
2: yep. he could fall off exactly of the plan. Which is why which is why I was like, I, we can't go into next year with still Jason Dominguez being unknown. Could Jason Dominguez come back? And that's in why July? this
1: is Jason Dominguez coming back in. Also, you know, adds like some beef to this. You're looking at like, yeah, okay, I got too many good too many good players here. And honestly, I I would prefer someone who goes who goes gap to gap than over over the fence when we're at, we're looking at additions. We have guys that are going to hit the home run and that you have to rely on hitting the home run in some capacity. You need guys to move this lineup over. You need guys to turn it over. You need that. If you don't do that, if Cody Bellinger falls back into that trap of being a 25 to 30% strikeout guy, you're in the sure. same boat. Okay.
2: And if Jung-Hoo Lee comes in and hits 270 with absolutely no power, like what does Great. that really do for the lineup?
1: He's on base. He's on base. And giving opportunities with guys who can hit – with with power that's what's happening he's turning over the lineup yeah,
2: see, i would I, much prefer I, I again think...
1: like i don't i hate to strike out i hate to strike out and i think that this lineup needs anti-strikeout guys that's why that was the big reason why we went lee strikeouts were a
2: problem for this offense in 2018 19 and 20 and 21 strikeouts were not the problem for this offense last year it was literally they didn't have anyone who could hit the ball
1: well yeah i mean that's you do strike out when you can't hit the ball and so with our
2: lineup i think that just the top Six are really, really strong. Does it have some risk? Of course. I mean, it's different. There's a risk lot of risk than yours. I think. I it's think different, different, it's different. Different risk. risk. You're right. It's different risk than yours. Your, your, ours is more. Uh, I think um, it's got uh, higher more. risk, higher reward. It's got more your, games. Your, but yours is also like the floor might be a little bit higher, but I think the ceiling
1: is much, much lower. I need, I need gritty, gritty motherfuckers that can come in here and grind. And and just eat baseballs. I don't need you to hit the ball over. I don't need chicks don't dig the long ball anymore. Chicks dig the 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 gap ball. Yeah. Chicks dig the double. Chicks dig the the go appo when you need it to move a runner. Chicks and dig so scoring runs.
2: We'll see what actually uh happens, but I don't see a you know now taking ourselves out of this and saying it's Steinbrenner and Cashman. I don't see how this team can be projected for anywhere close to 90 wins if the payroll is not 310 320 million dollars because i don't see unless i I agree with that unless there's multiple trade rabbits out of cashman's hat which is not realistic i don't see how this team is is that much of an improvement without spending a ton of money this offseason
1: goes back to the conversation ahead. I've referenced this multiple times with Max Goodman about the state of the Yankees and how they feel behind the scenes. And something that he told me is absolutely just scares the shit out of me is that they are going to have to rely on their young guys, position player guys to come up and be the people uh, that they need to be on the offensive side. And I just don't believe that. I don't believe <laughs> that that is true in the, in the, I, I'm sorry, it could be true. I'm not saying that he's not correct in the, I hope he's not correct. I hope that, that he's. Uh, reading the tea leaves incorrectly with the way that they're thinking because if they do believe that and they're going to go and and rely on Everson Pereira and Oswaldo Peraza to come in and be everyday players and be productive everyday players you know we're going to be in the same position yep. they're, 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 you're going to be just... in a
2: position next year where it's uh, hopefully a top four of a lineup of DJ Judge Glaber and Rizzo but that's not going to be enough offense uh, you that's not enough offense. It's frankly, just.
1: Glaber needs to be the the fourth best player on the team.
2: Well, in our lineup, he's the sixth best hitter on the team. And that's where he belongs is the sixth best hitter on the team. Not the the second best hitter. If he's fourth or fifth best
1: hitter on the team, if he's fourth or fifth in that, in that conversation, I think this team is probably in a good position.
2: Yeah, I, I think, um, fine, but he certainly can't be the second best hitter on the team.
1: No. Well, and you know, but yeah, by default because of injury as well. Yeah. Uh, Ilya, Logan, you guys, what what say you, Ilya? What did I miss?
3: I think we covered a lot of it. There was some other stuff we looked into. We looked into a lot of different outfield configurations, um, but Soto's just a no-brainer. And then I think it was really just – if Bellinger goes off and has the same year, he he did have a well-rounded year, but I I think if you get Bellinger to be – If he's 80%. 80 yeah, but it's a lot of what we have. It's, it's a lot of this team. I don't want 80% of that. I don't we want have 80% of Soto. that. You, you don't want 80% marks.
2: of a 300 hitter?
1: Not as the not as the big guy. Not as the major main main guy. Who can need...
3: play
2: a good center field and give you insurance at first base? Because that's another thing you guys didn't address is the infield after next year, which is a problem. No, we got oh, That's it. bullshit. Brennan it.
1: Donovan. We actually addressed it way more than you did. Take that back. Brennan Al. Donovan. Because Brendan Donovan is a controlled player that can that can play second or third uh, at at a good level. Like he's he's a guy that fits. And very he's going to
3: play first base because you're we're not going to give Rizzo that twenty million dollar option. No, we're going to need a body at first base after the season. But you yeah. have DJ that can go over there. I don't and need to address have, next year's first baseman. You can, can get another first base. baseman. You can get another first baseman easily. I'd rather have the ability to add what we need at first base. Yeah. after the season then have candelario stuck on the team yeah. can, i don't like Candelario. First. So. 12 million bucks yeah, not, but it's a roster it's, spot but that's not you what we're talking about yeah, we're not talking first, about the money basically.
1: we're talking about how do you make the team better like he's not a i don't think he's a starting he shouldn't be a starter on this team
2: no he's a he's a he's a more or less a platoon player with with dj but dj i i hope dj lemahue is the everyday player that he was three years ago but come
1: on that's not going to happen guys Oh, I mean, he doesn't need to be
2: because well, that's why of we're Brennan bringing in
3: Lee and Donovan and the con- those contact guys that can yeah. produce it. We need more of that on the team. Even if your team hits and everything goes great, the team is going to be stellar. But if it's a little bit under or it's done, you have a lot of redundant types of players. You're going to
1: get st- there's going to be a lot of streaks and, and potential exposure in the, in the in the playoffs.
4: At the end of the day, we kind of prioritize getting the best lefty bats available. And whatever that whatever that ended up being was what it ended up being. We saw that as a weakness. I mean, Cashman came out and said that. I mean, that was one of the things that I mean, we kind of I don't want to say liked, but it was fine from his press conference, you know, he said he needs two outfielders, preferably lefties. We wanted to go get the two best outfielders <laughs> available that we lefties. Um we didn't, you know, I mean, I think sometimes we fall in like to like, you know, we got to like dance around it. Like, no, like like you guys said it doesn't matter the money. We're just going to go out. We're going to do it. Um, we talked a lot about signing a big pitcher as opposed to going out and getting burns, um, whether that be Montgomery or Nola. We talked a lot about or Yamamoto. Um, and we kind of. Nola's a different. Did,
1: I wouldn't even put Nola in that conversation. Like, yes, well, he, he's he, he's a different type of pitcher. I'm, call
4: it spending $25 million on a yeah, pitcher. And it doesn't we, matter we who at, it is. We looked yeah. at Nola because we liked his. I specifically liked his. Um, I don't even want to say consistency, but durability. Um, he's made the most... He's made more starts than Cole over the past, like, three to five years stretch. But to lock up, even though we don't care about the money, per say, to lock up Cole Rodon and then, say, Yamamoto at 25-plus million dollars, three people in the rotation, you know, is that the best allocation of money? Because there is a limit.
2: Yeah, and, and um, I think what well, you know with the offense, like your team you tried to you tried to get a little cute with the lineup and i think this is where we totally disagree i mean we got I, I well really, rounded not really cute. disagree hard, yeah but, disagree. but like what have we seen work for playoff teams in recent like the rangers has won the world series and we have seen backs. the the phillies that's a fluke and we saw the phillies like they go out the and red Sox did the, the best thing.
3: players but they have a balanced lineup. They're not all just. How many times has that gone
1: wrong too? When you go out and like, I understand that the Rangers, and that's why the
3: Yankees haven't this done it, year. and that's why
2: Yankees fans have been afraid to just go do it. And then like, but did it work for the Rangers last year?
1: Did it work for the Rangers last okay, year? Answer that.
2: No, it didn't work for the Rangers last year. Now, how many it, of
1: these guys do you have that are signed beyond one year?
2: Uh, what guys? The Cody Rangers Ballinger. guys.
1: You have Cody Bellinger signed because Soto's not. So you're 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 looking at a one year opportunity to, to make sure that all of these new, the only reason we didn't players.
2: extend Soto immediately is because he's going to hit free agency. And then if he had, if he has a good year, you give him the most money, you give him half a billion dollars next year. You have, you'll have the roster flexibility to do that next year because of, of Rizzo and Glaber's money coming off the books, which is almost $40 million.
1: Yeah. I mean, I understand that, but I, it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing to bank on considering he's going to hit
3: free agency and he's a Boris guy this is also kind of to what you were saying with our first base situation, your rotation for the next year now is Cole yeah. Rodon Nestor. If whatever he is King, whatever he is and that's it.
2: And, and then you could sign Corbin Burns if you like what he did or you can, you I mean, can any of us can sign trade. any free
3: agents for next year, but you
2: yeah, also like, have to put some know,
1: places and and understanding what the way that the Yankees do business as well. Like I know we are taking that out a little bit, but, but it is a, a piece, right? It, like, Cashman signs controllable guys too, like when he does these trades, and that's why the Soto we we included Cosgrove in there because at least there's one controllable guy in there coming out of that deal. When you're giving up, it's a little bit, it's a little bit um, easier pill to swallow if you have a guy like Cosgrove who's gonna you be just a said what Cashman
2: would do. This is not what Cashman. would No, I understand
1: right. that, but I'm saying like that's I that's the part where I agree with that with those type of moves. So I'm I'm saying that he would do that those are type of moves. But the, if you're looking at areas where I agree with Cashman and the way he does that. When he identifies some controllable pieces as well, like I think and he what does guys have ever tra- worked out for bullpen. him that he
2: gets that are controllable for the bullpen, All of, the, of the bullpen. Okay,
1: so great. but Cosgrove is-, Cosgrove is a bullpen guy, right? I just said
2: Didi. <laughs> you really dropped a Didi on me.
1: The yeah, thing D-D. is,
4: though, is that an added benefit of doing it this way with Soto and with Burns is that this fixes the um, can he perform in New York thing. If he can't, there's yeah. no contract. Okay, there's no, no
1: to, Cody.
4: I will not <laughs> lie to you. I'm scared of that same thing. Yeah,
1: he doesn't like. I, Cody at the end of the day, I, I do like I,
4: Cody Ballinger, but it was a, it was a con, that was our most contentious point. At the end of the day, you I guys I, like you don't Ballinger. see. I didn't see me and you, Scott, see Cody Bellinger in the same light. But at the end of the day, we fell into the best lefty, best yeah. left-handed outfielder. Like, available, let's let's stop. He's 28. Let's stop pretending. I see it as he's a guy that is up and down. Let's also he, stop pretending that 2022
1: know. didn't happen because it did.
4: 2022 that happened no so i know i'm talking to andrew so- i'm talking
1: to andrew yeah when you're going back at the injury and let's also this guy his swing is long as hell like it, it it looks absolutely beautiful on uh when you're when you're looking at it when it's when he's completely healthy it's a beautiful swing griffey-esque in the in that sense it's long it's majestic it looks like a rod fly fishing logo but when when it's off a little bit it's got massive holes and that's what we saw the guy strikes out a ton if you have if he if he goes to New York and and it, it is getting uh, you know lucky a little bit more often, and that you know has a little bit of a, a pulled the uh, you know groin muscle, then this guy's not going to hit for a week.
3: I also think having Soto means you don't have to go get Agreed. that high risk, high reward in Bellinger. You already got your big lefty bat. You can take a little. It's bit. not enough. Judge and Soto I don't in think, this lineup is not I don't think enough. it's enough. I don't think it's enough. But I'm saying for that second lefty bat, whether you go Bellinger or Lee. You know, I think you're... That's
2: a big difference considering I just, I we've never seen Lee different play guys. baseball. I feel but like you need, fall into the same you trap need of the adding different a similar dudes.
3: You need a different... Like if these pitchers get to the Yankees lineup and they're just attacking these guys the same way because they're all the same kind of yeah, power like threat, swing and miss or big power threat, Lee and Donovan and all those guys gives you that but, different look. You guys, yeah, you guys but, are
2: talking about them like it's Gary Sanchez and Luke Voigt, okay? Right. Like those right, are the same I hitter. Agree. Those are both bad hitters. Cody Bellinger is not a bad hitter. You want to say he's got Leaders swings? Sure, you've never seen Lee play baseball. I have seen Cody Bellinger play. in And how many Cody Bellinger at bats have you watched? What, what uh, I have I've probably seen twelve because 20- he
3: played a three game series against the Yankees last well, year. Well, there you go. I looked up ten uh, Lee at bats last night.
1: At the end of the day, he's not. And I he's mean, in the bunting competition. But, and what do you think that they're looking at? They're looking at contact and bunting. Okay,
2: guys, guys, gun to your head. Who's going to have a better season next year, Jung Hoo Lee or Cody Bellinger in the major leagues? Yeah, okay, Lee. first of
1: all, it's it's totally you're, you're crazy. It's different. it's different. They're different players. They're different players. Is Cody Bellinger going to hit home runs more than Hugs? Yes. Plus.
4: Who has a higher OPS plus? That takes into account everything. Yeah.
1: That um, I think Cody Bellinger will probably be out for half the season. So uh, Lee. <laughs>
2: Speaking of speaking of
1: pivoting from their belief system, Cody Bellinger's an injury guy. He's an injury guy. Whether you want I to I see it or not, I not call him an
4: injury guy. No, I mean, I don't think so. He is
1: mm. straight. And 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 when performing, when 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 tweaked, not good. I'm just I'm he, well. I mean, look, and I, he's I, he's I'm having, not going to say that we didn't
4: for messing guys up. So
2: I just, just think to the, the, the Yankees have fallen. The Yankees have fallen into the trap. Other than Garrett Cole. Where he had one they don't, season they don't just God. do the obvious thing in front of them which is sign the talent or go get the talent they try and be cute and they try and be fancy and they try and be smarter than everyone else sometimes you don't have to be smarter than everyone else you just have to sign the guy that's the most
1: talent and that yeah, works out and I will say this that just because this guy played at a professional league in a different country doesn't mean that he's not talent doesn't mean of course seen, not I'm not saying time that. and time and time and time and time and time again. Uh, guys come over from Korea and and play at a very high level, and and their game translates. So I'm um, I, I can't sit here and say just because I haven't seen him play in a major league uniform that he's not going to translate. History tells you different. History. I'm tells not you saying
2: different. that. I'm I'm using that argument because you're sitting here telling me that Cody Bellinger is is too risky. And I think there's less risk with Lee than no there risk. is
1: Bellinger. I think there's less risk See, with Lee I, I don't.
2: I think there's similar risk. Even even if it's different risk, it's it's both. They're both risky. You you take a risk when you're signing a guy from another country in another league, just like you're taking a risk with a guy like with Bellinger but you can take that has calculated had ups risks. and downs in his career. You can
1: take calculated risk with the type of play, the game play, and if it will translate. Yeah. That is baseball scouting. I cannot-
2: And I, I'm taking a calculated risk on a guy that's, that's a former MVP that's and had, a, had an, a really, really
3: good season last year.
1: Yeah. And he's,
2: and gonna he's gonna is 28 healthy. years old, entering his prime or yeah. in the middle so, of his prime.
3: So Lee has a career 898 OPS in seven seasons, 25 years old. In in a league that if you read anything about is
2: basically the equivalent of major league baseball, triple a, that's what the Korean league is. There are
1: again, uh, you you could, you could put a laundry list of guys that have come over here and have translated very well. And especially contact guys, contact translates. I don't care where you're playing contact translates. It does bat to ball skills translate. And that's what I agree.
2: I agree with that. And that's why strikeout pitchers in Japan tend to to come over and strikeout guys in the major leagues as well. And contact pitchers in Japan come over and they get shelled. They have a six ERA. Yes, I agree with that.
1: Yeah. So the you know you're 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 definitely taking calculated risks, but at the same time, like I see a baseball player, I don't give a shit where he plays. I I want that baseball player, and that's that's what I believe he is. I believe he's got the pedigree too. His dad but so
2: you're signing a, an outfielder, a center fielder for yeah. a. a I know it's not massive money, but it's a long-term contract. Yeah. Ideally, you would want to sign Soto after the season ends. So then, Jason Dominguez, you would have basically have Lee as the the fourth outfielder.
1: Yeah, at that money, he's he, that's a Hicks contract. You know, like he's you know,
2: I, it's not it's not terrible. I'm just. And with the we way that the roster is, out. again,
1: like you cannot count on Stanton being in the D8 spot. So a lot of this makeup was basically like Stanton doesn't exist. Even though he does, and he's hard to miss, yeah. he doesn't exist. How do you build this team with Stanton not existing? And uh, signing a guy that, you know, five years has the ability to play multiple positions um, and fits the lineup really nicely. Like you can go yeah. out and get power guys in free agency, you can do that. You, I it's, also. It's not easy to find these guys that will complement the power guys that you need.
2: We also, we're trying to maximize the, whatever window is left because we all agree the window is two or three more years maximum. We said that for
1: like six years, but yes.
2: Yeah. But, but it's basically, if you're going to win a championship with judge and Cole still at their peaks, it's two to three years. So how do you maximize the next two to three years is basically what we were trying to also do.
1: Bring Mark Mike Harkey into the, uh, into the dugout. <laughs>
2: that's the real move. You guys should lead. Who's me your
1: back. bench coach? Yeah, you didn't even address that. Who's your bench? No,
2: coach? we didn't address that because frankly,
1: <clears throat> it doesn't really matter much. You got to have someone babysitting Aaron Boone. What are you talking about? Of course, no.
2: You got to have t- you got to have a good roster. You got to have talent, and then hopefully Boone is. There's too much talent on the team to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> if you're giving him too much credit.
1: Mike Harkey, you keep him in line.
2: I didn't put a we didn't put thought into into the bench coach, but well, yeah, that's it, a, I what? like See, the Harkey – I like the Harky move, but also... So just um, give me the
1: endorsement. What? Mike Harky Mike Harkey for a for bench coach.
2: Sure. That's Who says no? I don't
1: know. I don't think anybody.
2: Maybe he doesn't want the job. Maybe he's cool chilling in the bullpen. Yeah, I think he wants the job. I think anybody... Who wants, wants to him. sit next to Aaron Boone every game for six straight months? <laughs> Be in the bullpen having some fun with some guys. All right, yeah. that is gonna wrap it up. Let us know uh which plan you like. Maybe c- a combination of the two, even though they're very, very similar. Be curious to see what the Yankees do. Maybe we'll get some moves before Thanksgiving or around the the winter or the yeah, the winter meetings coming up in a couple weeks. It's been crickets on the baseball free agent front because that's baseball for you, Susan. Anything else you want to touch on, Scott?
1: Yeah, and this might extend our show a couple more minutes here, but <laughs> what what do you actually believe that the Yankees will do?
2: <laughs> I don't think they're going to trade for Soto and I don't think they're going to they they're, they're going to sign Otani. I think they're probably going to Do you think to... they'll sign
1: Yamamoto? Like do you think they're going to make a major acquisition in some capacity? I
2: think there will be one major acquisition and it will either be Yamamoto or Bellinger.
1: Yeah. It, it, again, wouldn't surprise me if Bellinger is on this team in 2 weeks, not at all. Would not surprise me. And and I, look, I, I I it's risky as hell. I think it's risky as hell, but but I think at this point you you do need to make moves. So if they do that, it wouldn't surprise me.
2: Honestly, maybe I'm overselling this, but if Bellinger could not play first base, I would not have been as sold on him. But I think it's just the versatility he provides you for this coming season because Dominguez is injured and then next year because Rizzo is going to be off the books. I think that's really nice to have and you don't yeah. have to think about it. You've got a, a good bat in center field or at first base.
1: Yeah, I, I just have a hard time looking into the future with him, even though you have to sign him for and again, like the the the. The fact that I saw ten years written on in a few places. Well, no, I places. wouldn't
2: sign him for. I wouldn't sign him for more than seven years.
1: I think it's gonna take. I think it might take more than that.
2: Well, then I have to pivot, and we have to figure something else out. But I think seven years is the maximum I would go for Bellinger, um, and and yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. No, that's all I got. Let's see what happens. Okay, so. Um, We'll
2: record again before Thanksgiving next week. We're doing Wednesdays in the off season. If you guys hadn't caught on to that yet after a couple weeks. So Wednesdays is what we'll do until the spring training rolls back around. And we'll do a couple episodes a week starting then. Thank you guys so much for listening and uh,
1: talk to you soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx pinstripe show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.